Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. If you have your Bibles, we'll go to Ephesians chapter 3. Just share a few minutes with you tonight. How many enjoyed my buddy, Brother Bobby, Sunday morning? Amen. Amen. Wasn't he a blessing? And uh, he's a friend of mine, and I appreciate him. And You know, bless his heart, he had to preach here Sunday, because tomorrow he's leaving for Italy for vacation. And, you know, I just, you know, bless his heart. Rat. And, you know, you can call your friends a rat. Amen. That's all right. I'll have my turn. Amen. Come on, y'all agree with me. It's been our dream for years. One day we're going to go. And you're not coming with us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3. But boy, we've missed you Sunday. It's just not the same. It seems like we haven't been back in a month. So it's so good to be back with you. He could, y'all, y'all, bragged, y'all complimented him, but I tell you what, he couldn't quit complimenting y'all like any other guest about the love in this house and uh, just the motivation. and y'all, y'all were a tremendous blessing to him, and I thank you for being you. I appreciate God for you. Hallelujah. He just couldn't get over how blessed he felt being here. Word of God says, verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I'll just stop there tonight. You know, one of the things that we have to realize as a body, it says that you may comprehend with all the saints. You ought to just make a little note there, with all the saints. Jesus had the Spirit without measures, you know. But we all have the Spirit with measure. We all have a part of Christ and a part of the Zoe life, the life of God, in a measure. And it's growing, but none of us have it all. And that's why you don't see one person today, and even though some people may proclaim, you know, if you send an offering to me, you'll get some of my anointing. Well, the truth is, when they say that, the truth is, they need some of your anointing too. Because may you comprehend with all saints. And this is what Paul is saying here. Nobody knows the full dimension of the love of God. Nobody has a revelation of the height, the depth, the breadth, and the length of God's love. Nobody has a full revelation of the power of God. Not No one person has a full revelation of the anointing of God. But everybody... Because of what you've lived through and what revelation you have gained, you have gotten your dimension of the knowledge. And the word says rooted and grounded. That word rooted means twisted. Our root system is twisted together. That the way Paul is saying for the body to be is that I need what you have, like you need what I have and what Sister Mary has and what different ones have. And you ain't going to uproot me without uprooting those I'm connected to. That word rooted means we're all tied in together because I'm getting nourishment from you and you're getting nourishment from me, but we're all connected to the vine, Christ Jesus. And, you know, you, you look at, I think, one of the greatest people that, that show the love of Christ, of course, is uh, Mother Teresa. But she only had a dimension. She had a big dimension. But you have your dimension. 
And you know, the thing about it is we're seeing it's going to be worth it all. I started thinking about the ten lepers who got healed and one came back to Christ. And can you imagine, you know, they had tele, tele, television people interviewing Brother Bobby and all kind of people about what, you know, what's it like and different stuff like that. Can you imagine if somebody could have interviewed the leper and they could have said, how long were you a leper? Your son's a TV, so I'll use you. How long were you a leper? And he might have said, 10, 15 years. What was it like? And he would have started, oh God. I was alone every moment of the day. I felt like I had no hope, no future. I would scratch and part of my ear would come off in my hand or my nose. I had to hide my. I had to live hiding my face. I had to live in a cave with other lepers. You don't know what it's like. And he could have told his detail of what being a leper was like. And then they would have said, "Well, how is it now compared to then?" And that leper knew a width, a height, a depth, and a length of the power of healing. That others who never were a leper did. So I look over this body. And I say, and I'm not asking this to be a show of hands, but I say, how many here were delivered of drugs? And you ask them, and you ask them, what was it like being addicted to drugs? And they start saying everything. I had to sell my baby's toys. Uh, what was it like when you were an alcoholic? Oh, this is what it was like. What was it like when you were living single and you were living on the streets and you were going through all this? Or simply, what was it like when your dad abused you or whatever you went? And you could go on from person to person. And every person in their area of how they grew up, not the will of God, but circumstances of living in a cursed world. And you interview them and you ask them, what was it like when you were like that? Everyone, Brother Floyd, lost his dad in World War II. What was it like being a little boy and being raised without a dad? He knows a width, a length, a height, and a depth of something I don't. And Sister Wanda being so brave, fighting for her kidneys and everything she's been through. And Sister Margie, who does so wonderful and losing a hundred, over a hundred and something pounds and is a new woman today. And, 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 and the divorces and the wid- widows, widows and widowers here tonight. And when, when I, you go across just this room and we could spend the rest of this week asking each and every one, what, what was the worst thing in your life? What was it like? They have an understanding of the width, death, length, height and breadth of God's mercy, of God's love and God's grace like others don't. And when I take what you went through and what you went through and what you went through and you went through and we interwind the understanding and the experience that we all lived in and lived through and, and, and we are constantly praising God that Sister Luella made it through everything that she was and did and was in. And thank God that standing for the children brought them back and, and standing for the husband and all the different things 
everybody's giving strength because they lived through it and they made it. And because they lived through it and they made it and they loved again and they reunited again and they had a future. And now they're doing better when you get all that together and everybody has a different revelation in the west with the breadth, the length and height, the depth of God's love. And we're all rooted in the same system of Christ's life. The house of God is unmovable. The Christian is unmovable, always bearing in their bodies the life, the substance, the source of Jesus Christ. And your testimony strengthens me, and your, my testimony strengthens you, and, and everybody in Word of Grace is a preacher. Everybody in Word of Grace has a testimony. Everybody in Word of Grace lost their past. Everybody in Word of Grace is a new creature. Everybody in Word of Grace is a minister of the gospel. Everybody in Word of Grace has a testimony. And then that way, when you meet somebody and you say, I've been taught to, I haven't been taught to preach, but we got a sister in our church without naming names that went through exactly what you went through, was raised exactly what you were raised like, went through everything you did, but she came to know Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And now she's a Sunday school teacher. Now she's working with the youth. Now they're in the choir. Now they're on the worship team. And all I can tell you is that I don't know what you've lived through. But I know some who did. And I can tell you right now, Jesus turned their life around. Oh! And I think Paul is talking about that through the church may it be manifested. The wisdom and the nature and the love of Christ Jesus. And thank God we're not going around trying to judge one another, look down on one another, find something out on one another. But we're looking for the strengths and the good things of one another because I know a few who's made it through and I know a few who's going to make it even higher. And as we continue to grow and continue to go, you know what numbers mean? It doesn't mean we're to become the biggest church so that everybody can talk about it. It means just more testimonies, more revelation, more knowledge of what you've lived through. It's not about the big names or the big preachers. It's about the big people who build big churches. It's about your life. What you've made it through, what you lived through. And I believe with all my heart, that's what Paul is talking about. I, I was somewhere last night in the local preacher. You want to make sure I knew, because he repeated it four times, that there's people coming around and talk trash about me. You want to make sure I, got, I, I knew about it. So he told me four times about people coming, boy, they tear you up and they trash talk you. And he just wanted to make sure I knew about that. And so I counted the times. The following the fourth time, I said, well, brother, I will tell you this. I said, you know, that's probably true, but you know what? Just like today, there are a lot of people who's telling me that I saved their marriage. There are a lot of people telling me they were healed of this and healed of that. And I said, you know, you tell me about the trash talk, but boy, I sure hear a lot of glory talk. And if you're trying to tell me something, you're telling the wrong person. Because I had somebody testify to me right this day of what Jesus did for their life. I had somebody testifying to me, and this was yesterday. I had somebody, I had more than one, but I had somebody face-to-face telling me what happened to their lives in a week's time and the different things that was going on. And so, you know, who cares about the trash talk? I just want to praise God what God can do. Because now, that's somebody else. There's not what about, it's not at what, about a, a man told me it's about what Jesus did for me. 
That's what changes lives. Well, you know, I got so much. Well, I got so much from Jesus. I got a greater revelation of the width, the depth, the length, the breadth. A good example. You've ever known somebody? Um, one of my, both of my grandpas were real hard. One died a real hard man. But my other grandpa, the, kind of the older he got, the softer he got. And before you knew it, he'd hug you and tap you and brag about you, which was something you don't do. But the older he got, the softer he got. It's kind of like that in, 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 in church, in, in the spirit walk. The more mature we get, the more sensitive we get towards people, and the more insensitive we want to be about their shortcomings and failures. Because all I can say is I'm here by the grace of God. And I know a lot of people who are here by the grace of God. And I know another thing. I'm going to preach it real soon on a Sunday morning to everybody. Paul says, I know a more excellent way. I know a more excellent way. I know a more excellent way. And you know, if, can you imagine if there was a book out right now that would be called The More Excellent Way? Everybody would go, oh, I want to know what it is. And when they open up and they see the love... Oh, who needs another book on love? But Paul says, the most excellent way is the love of God. That's the excellent way to walk in love with one another. And that's what Paul is saying here, to be rooted and interwinded with one another in the love of Christ. Amen. So to get to my lesson with the 10 minutes that I have left. Hmm. How do I do that? Hallelujah. But verse 16, it says that he would, of whom the whole family, the whole family. Look at your say That means you. Pinecrest. Hope House. Teen Challenge. That means you. He would grant to you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. The inner man. And we spoke about that uh, last week or the week before, strengthened in the inner man. And uh, we won't have time to go through the Scriptures, but the, the, Paul talked quite a bit about the inner man. And, and you know, how many of you remember learning to taste? Thank God you're honest because you don't. You're too small. But how many of you know you had to learn to taste? And, you know, as missionaries, we had to learn. Our taste buds had to change because the Bible says to eat what's before you. And we ate a lot of puyai. We ate a lot of puyai stuff. And it was gross. And it was ugly. And it was moving. And we made some stuff that moved because of the worms in it and different stuff like that. But when it's put before you, you got to eat it. One time we were eating some snails that grow under trees, and it came out in a green soup. And they take these snails and they put them in a bowl overnight. This was with the Mayans. And they let these snails 
eat on tortillas. Like, we, you know how we give crawfish? We put salt on crawfish to purge them, but they give these snails tortillas to purge them and to get fat on tortillas. But the little snail wiggly things inside get big. So uh, they bring you a bowl of them and you've got to suck them out. And after a while, I was sucking and I started getting kind of dizzy. So this big old Maya lady came sat by me and she started sucking them out for me. And she'd suck them out to give them. Now, that's brotherly love. That's brotherly love when they start sucking them out for you. Now, that was a sweetheart. Nobody here ever sucked anything out for me. Didn't have to. Don't. I don't need you. Help. Thank you. But the different things we've had to drink and eat, your taste buds has to adjust so that you can eat what's set before you. And before you know it, we're, she's cooking and we're eating. Same thing they're eating and drinking at their houses. Your taste buds starts changing. Not the snails. Not the snails. No, not the snails. But other things. You adjust and, and you start liking it. So you train the taste buds. You, you train uh, things. To, your, your eyes adjust to different things. Your, uh, your senses start learning so that you can live in this natural world. Well, your inner man has to be trained to live connected to the spirit world. Just like you had to learn to walk, you got to learn to walk in the spirit. You had to learn to talk. None, none of you were born talking. I think maybe some could have, but they didn't. You had to learn that. Well, your inner man, listen, if we're not reading the word and praying, our inner man's not going to grow. It's not going to learn to speak the language of heaven. Is not going to learn to see in the eyes of the Spirit. Is not going to learn to taste and see of the things of the Spirit. So that you may be strengthened the inner man means that inner man within us has to grow. How many you know uh, growing and learning is not an overnight process? It's a long period of time. And that's what Paul is talking about. About learning to taste, to smell, to hear, to learn, to speak. It strengthens us for life in the natural world. But it's also when we learn things of the Spirit, it strengthens us uh, for the uh, spiritual world. Uh, look with me in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. I want to read this in the Amplified Bible. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. The Word says in Hebrews 4, 12, that the Word judges our thoughts and the intentions of our heart. That means when we read the Word, my inner man is being judged. Because you see, I have my soulish man, which is my will, my emotions, my intellect, my wisdom. Then I have my spirit man and I have my body. Well, my body, or what it does, reflects whether I'm living according to the soulish man or I'm living according to the inner man. And so, whatever I feed it is going to be stronger. And so, here's my body doing one thing and my spirit whether it's big or large, is doing another thing. And my soul's in the middle. And my soul, whether it's being processed through the Word of God or not, my soul is going, now, do I want to go along with the Spirit or do I want to go along with the body? The body sounds a whole lot more funner. The, the Spirit sounds like I'm going to have to uh, do some sad, uh, crucifying the flesh. And so your soul's in the middle. And so we've got to learn these things. And that's why it says here in uh, Mark 12, verse 30, in the Amplified Bible, and you shall love the Lord your God 
out of and with your whole heart. And out of and with your all your soul or your life. And out of with all your mind, with your faculty of thought and your moral understanding. And out of with all your strength. This is the first and the principal commandment of God. And what this word is talking about is that I've got to love the Lord with all of my body, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. I've got to do what pleases Him. I want to do what pleases Him. I want to serve Him out of uh, not being made to do something, but out of a willing heart. I want to serve Him with my thoughts. I want to think the right thing. I want to respond the right way. I want to live right with Him because my body interacts with the physical world, but my spirit interacts with the spirit world, but my soul takes it on from all resources. So it talks about let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And it talks about there in Ephesians chapter 3 about rooting and grounded in Christ Jesus. Or in other words, Jesus is inside of you. Jesus Christ is inside of you by His Spirit. And so I've got to become, the inner man means I've got to become Christ-minded on the inside. And what would, how would Christ respond to this? How would Christ speak in this? How would Christ pray over this? What would Christ do? I mean, this is the foundation of the Christian's life, to be Christ-minded on the inside. Am I going to please me in this circumstance, or am I going to please God in this circumstances? Amen? To live conscious, and I taught a message a few Sundays ago on consciousness, living conscious that Jesus is on the inside of me, and the more I get in touch with the Jesus inside of me, the more... I'm flooding the old man out of me. I'm flushing the old man out of me. My mother-in-law stayed with our kids for a few days, and she was at the house last night while we were at another place uh, with a ministry. And uh, we got home, and Cindy offered her some tea. She says, by the way, where do you just keep regular tea? She says, you got tea that flushes out this and that and the other. You got tea that gets rid of wrinkles. You got tea that does this, and tea does. Where's just regular tea? Well, you know, you, we've got Christ in us, and people say, Brother Russell, I want to grow this year, but just get more Christ-minded inside. Just get more conscious of Christ inside, because you know I want to overcome this. Well, then just grow in Christ and let the old be flushed out. Just let the old be flushed out. Amen. But I've got to grow more and more in Christ likeness. Jesus within me. Is changing the way I see and do things. Look with me, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. This will be the NIV. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. And, and I, I, I won't keep you much longer, I promise. I want you to come back Sunday. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. But whatever was to my profit, now I consider loss for the sake of Christ. You see, he's talking about being Christ conscious, Christ minded. What is more? This is the NIV, verse 8. I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things and I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. How many of you know he keeps speaking Christ, gaining Christ, knowing Christ, and be found in him, and not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that which comes from God and in his and is by faith. 
Look at verse 10. I want to know Christ. Do you hear that? Say that with me. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. I pray that that be the yearning and the call within each and every one of us. I want to know Christ. And the power of His resurrection. And the fellowship of of sharing in His sufferings. Becoming like Him in His death. And so somehow to attain the resurrection of the dead. Verse 12 says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. (laughs) Jesus took hold of me and I want to take hold of what he took hold of me for. Verse 13, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us are mature, should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make it clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Let us live up to what we already have attained. Join with others in following my example, brothers. And take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before now and say again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, will transform your lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. And who is He coming back for? A glorious church. Amen. And Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Last place I'll bring you to tonight. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. This is the New American Standard. Therefore, This is verse 6, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Listen to this. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord. How many are saved? How many have received Him in your heart? What does the Word say? So walk in Him. You saved? Well, act like your Savior. Talk like your Savior. Love like your Savior. Respond like your Savior. Having been firmly rooted. Oh, there's that. I'm not only rooted with you. You are rooted in the root Christ Jesus. That's why the devil. (laughs) The devil can't pull you out. (laughs) That's why he's lost all claims to you. Whether somebody's murdered somebody. Or done the most horrible. And they get born again, and their past gets totally erased, and they start walking in Christ. And people come and say, get out of here. You're not good enough to be here. Uh Uh-uh. 
I'm rooted in Christ. And whether you like me or not, you're stuck with me. You're stuck with me. Like when we just got married and we get in that ball, we get in knockdown, drag out fights. And I get on the phone and I call my mom and say, Mom, I made a mistake. This woman's mean. And she came and she hung up that phone and she says, Don't call your mama. You're married to me now. Purgatory has begun. That was 25 and a half years ago. But anyway, Lazarus came forth. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, listen. She says, she was saying, uh-uh, you stuck with me, buddy. I'm your mama. I'm everything. And the same thing with her. You know, uh-uh, don't call nobody. Because she wasn't trying to call nobody. It was me. Help! <laughs> but listen. You're stuck with me. And I'm stuck with you. And, and you know, people get upset. That's what's so bad about church divisions and separations. Church, what you call it? Splits. They split in the soulish realm. But they're connected whether they like it or not. And so you go away and this was bad mouth and that one. And, you know, they did so bad and all these splits. And all they're doing is hurting themselves because they are still interwinded with one another. And they're still interwinded with Jesus. And they can try to get as far as they want to. But you know what? There's still a part of them that is still touching the other. And you can't, you can't get away from me. And you can hide from me here on earth. But I bet we'll live together in heaven. Right next to each other. You go in your backyard and I'll be saying, hey, neighbor. We got to live together, get live by each other for eternity. But we are interwounded in Christ. The devil can't take you out. He can't pull you out. You're rooted and grounded in him. So, so it goes on to say here, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him, and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. Just want to fight over such little things. For in Him, all the fullness of the deity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit dwells in bodily form. And in Him, you have been made complete. And He is the head over all rule and all authority. Woo! We got some big shoes to fill. Amen? We got some big shoes to fill. Now, I want to leave you with one thought according to the Word of God, and we'll finish with this. Uh, That was the last scripture, but I'll give you one more thought. See, that's confirmation right there. God's calling, saying, I love this message. (laughs) Listen, this is what I want you to remember. Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, he'd walk around. Listen to this. Let me give you this now. On the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus would walk around and say, You have heard it said, but I say unto you. And I want to leave you with that thought in growing up in Christ. You have heard it said, all kind of stuff. But when you start listening to the Holy Spirit, Jesus starts saying, but I say unto you. You 
have heard it said. You have read it written. You have listened on tape. You have been told through counselors. But if you're going to be like me and walk in me, I say unto you. That's where the church is going to walk in glory. Not necessarily everything that has been told me, but everything He has spoken to me. That's the revelation that others can feed on because it's revelation He has given me. Amen. Let's stand on our feet. Hallelujah.